1: Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Hey, I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg, and this is Side Note, a podcast where every episode we chat about life and what's stumping us right now. And then we research and splice in all the science and mind blowing shiznit throughout so you are entertained while simultaneously learning. Today we are going to be talking about reality TV. We are going to start with some stories because Mitch was actually on Big Brother Canada, which was insane. We're going to interview Sarah Hanlon, who's a reality TV show winner and super fan, and talk about the history of reality TV, and then Mitch and I are going to get into a very heated debate because I find reality TV to be very hard to watch, but it's something that he lives for. Hello, hello, hello. Why,
3: hello. (laughs) How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Did you know RuPaul? Is that who you're... Making that after? Oh, no. You're making I was it? just speaking because I'm gay. Hello, That's hello, hello. hello. Oh, no, Valerie Cherish, oh, the comeback. The comeback. Yeah, okay, yeah. but I, I was... thought you were
2: talking about how I'm they're like, oh, are you speaking like, no, like that? I, I speak. brought it up because RuPaul says that, but it's because of the comeback. Yeah. He says it every Watch episode. the comeback, everyone. That is not a reality TV show. We're here to talk about reality TV shows. True. So, Mitchell, Ryan, reality TV, Moffat, <laughs> What are your favorite reality shows? Um, I can't believe you even have a think. Hard Stop Survivor. Yeah. All the way.
3: The saddest thing. I, I'm like, I don't want to call myself one of the biggest fans, but amongst the we have amongst the who are friend, more, yeah, of a fan amongst than you. like the most of the friends I have, they would know me as like Survivor, is one of like the defining. Traits it's a of my defining life. feature <laughs> of your
2: actual characteristic. Like if like you, if it was your birthday, like someone would get you a Survivor. Beth.
3: Exactly, it's like Survivor Zelda and I don't know what else.
2: That's all, that's it. Your and like guy.
3: Miyazaki <laughs> <laughs> films. <laughs> yeah. Those Damn, are like my done. three things. Yeah, you
2: can go home. That's me. Um,
3: that's me. So if you're ever getting me something, one of those things. It's is literally like... like I
2: get you like <laughs> Zelda Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> I but paint you Zelda.
3: But Survivor, I didn't even watch season one. What? I watched season one. I know. I remember seeing it on TV at a friend's and I was like, let's go play. Like, why are we watching this? Uh, Girl, you done? That's
2: like the one. Everyone watched that. No, so then. It's like when you didn't read Harry Potter.
3: I know. I know. I'm late. I'm late to things. I'm a late bloomer a late blossomer. And RuPaul. And puberty. Um, (laughs) But what happened was after Survivor finale they then played the whole thing every night
2: for a week did you not know who won though spoiler alert. I had no idea grade six how could you go a day in grade six without knowing someone would have told I you I don't know if it was grade six I think it was seven before that eight it was, was, pretend two, really it was like grade. four four or
3: five I think it's okay. 2000 so that's oh, like wow. maybe real
2: different than second okay, I keep going Honey,
3: I remember those years distinctly. Barf. Um Anyway, so uh, then then my dad and I just sat down randomly and we're like, okay, well everyone's talking about this, let's watch it, and we watched it together, and we Aww. both became obsessed with it. So and it's like this a father son thing. Yeah, it totally is. We oh, we, we literally texted each other about it till this day. And for so long, he had this running gag. Like if I hadn't seen it, and he had, he'd be like, oh, you want to know who won, or you want to know who got voted out? You want to know? Who jokes. Goes- <laughs> it's like okay. Like every every week, if I had missed it, it's the same joke. You want to know who? Out, Aww, I'm like, no, cute. don't tell me, Dad. I to watch it. Um, but yeah, Survivors number one. I love Big Brother. Love RuPaul. I don't know. Like, there's a lot. Those are probably my favorite. Those are
2: the main ones, actually. That you would say that I'd say that I
3: watch, watch like yeah. on a regular basis.
2: But yeah, I
3: obviously have a
2: special. Some relationship. Survivors are good. A good way to watch Survivor, and this is the way that I've learned that I have to watch it because I. Hate when reality tv shows don't go well is that you wait till everyone watches it then they right. tell you because they put in all that work and they go that's a great season watch it because a lot of the seasons just end up being like the worst person wins yeah. and you're like i literally wasted my time investing anything so i that's how i like to watch my reality but TV. it's part of the
3: thrill i think of reality tv when because it goes a well. scripted show will always even if you get to a part where you're like uh, i hate this but it will always know, be satisfying you'll bring the <laughs> satisfaction but but it's more like a drug or something with reality TV because some seasons can be a miss. When you finally get the hit, it feels so good. So, why do you it's think it's the same that reason you... social media is addictive? Because even though it's mostly boring and crappy, every now and then you get that massive hit of dopamine and then it just like fulfills the cycle.
2: Can you really be addicted to something like reality TV? One science paper notes that there are 16 types of addiction. Some addiction types are more obvious, like being addicted to drugs or gambling or hoarding. We hear about this all the time. But another type is called technology slash communication addiction, which includes people addicted to social media and television. And reality TV falls under another addiction category of voyeurism, which is about wanting to observe other people's intimate stories and intimate moments, and some people can actually get addicted to celebrities in this way, and reality TV specifically. So from a psychological standpoint, you could get addicted to reality TV, but the mechanism as to why exactly is less clear. Some studies state that five to 10% of the population of America suffers from television addiction, but there's not enough research into the brain neurotransmission to fully understand why, but I feel like that's a really smart study that we could do, you know, get some electrodes on people's brains, make them watch a full season of Survivor and see what's going on there. When's dopamine released? Why are they addicted? And just like, if you are a grad student out there and you're listening to this, you know, you're welcome. Okay. Bring that to your prof. Okay. Let's do this. Okay, we can talk Big Brother because you we were literally. On I have it. a special relationship. Yeah. with So big Mitch brother. was on Big Brother Canada, which uh, I mean, I guess he would have a different opinion. For me, it was like <laughs> insane and the worst thing ever. Greg I just hated get, it. I'd never really fully watched Big Brother, so I don't know. My opinion on the show was obviously I was like, this is so weird. Like, a I have to, I get to watch my boyfriend through live feeds all the time. It was yeah, For those of you who don't know, ever. the
3: show comes on like three times a week. They have an after dark show every night from midnight to 2am, but there's also 24 hour feeds so of the house. So I would
2: just like hang out with my friends, come home from the bar, turn on the freaking computer and watch you until like 6am <laughs> talk with these people about nothing it was like it drove me crazy I hated it and I was like oh my god um, I literally wasted so much time I was so anxious all the time I mean it's honestly not about me I was not the one on oh, Big Brother oh it's not about well, you Now, it is now, no one ever talks about the dark underpass of the partners of people from Big Brother actually they do I think families do struggle families a lot.
3: do yeah it's one interesting aspect I don't think that gets talked about in the public but having talked to other contestants who have been on the show like it, I think it's actually a much harder experience for the people on the outside because they also have a perspective on what's going on in the game and they people have, have a reason to be on anxious. You. And then, yeah, there's people have online opinion people being, like, mean or harsh or whatever. Like, same goes with something like RuPaul. Like, people make their favorites
2: and, like, there's a lot of, like, vile comments out And the there. thing is, is, like, I didn't understand Big Brother. So, it was, like, immediately everyone's just, like, oh, Mitch's strategy is, like, not good good like they use words i don't even know the only word i think of a strategy not they'd be yet. like they'd be like his POV like, and honey. his tuny two needs to be empty dude and i'm like is that good or bad like i don't understand and it was just like it was like this but the reason i was bringing this up was your big brother season uh, whatever i don't know these people well enough they were not like there's a huge amount of people on big brother who are literally like what game I'm not playing the game like it's like no that's wait, infuriating. I thought the point of this and the reason you like reality shows is for is that people are like going to strategize. But for some reason they cast people who literally are like, wait, it's a game. And it's OK, like, yeah. From,
3: so from me being on that show, that is what I took away from the most because some people go on as super fans. I was a super fan and I applied for the show multiple like twice and got on the second time and what i re- i thought i was really good at like convincing people and working through logic and talking through strategy and i think i was pretty good at that but then exactly what i realized was once you get in the house because it's and i think this is maybe what makes it interesting in some ways but also frustrating is some people are there because it's an opportunity to get a little famous some people are there because they were scouted and they maybe just fit an archetype of, like, the hot guy or, like, the... I have no interest in that. And then other people are super fans who also love the strategy. Which I think is cool. Um, But... That's an amazing thing I learned about strategy: is that you can't just have a perfect environment where everyone is strategic. That's if true. everyone's logical and yeah. everyone's reasonable, I think I well, maybe I wouldn't have done really well because then everyone would. And be And that other really guy
2: smart. was really lot. Who, who was that smart guy? The Australian guy was. Really oh, smart. Tim. Yeah, yeah, but he's
3: like smart in a different way. I think. But like, maybe he was able to do both. Smart, yeah, he was
2: able to seem dumb for sure. But <laughs> that's deep, one yeah. of the biggest
3: things I took <laughs> yeah. away, and it's a lesson in life too. Like you can plan for everything, and you can explain. things things perfectly and and think they make perfect sense but not everyone will listen and not everyone will understand or believe because they have different interests because they're not at the same mental space or as they're you. not even willing to play a game yeah some people i had a really hard time being around because they were obnoxious maybe a little insensitive maybe a little homophobic no one was or like racist or racist or sexist have you ever watched the real world <laughs> No, Did they I've vote people out. It. I've never seen that, but I'm like, I, I guess I that's probably. That. I what think they're it's China like the, orig- the original reality TV show. I think. Really? Okay. Yeah. I think people call- would call that one of the OG like reality shows that prompted where reality shows oh would go god. from there. What was the And first when they realized show. it is really inexpensive to produce, yeah, and that's true. I don't know. I've, I feel like I've read something about this once where, where the real World oh my was, god like, that first foray into like let's just get people who aren't famous. Because we don't have to and pay, don't them, very to pay them very much. Yeah. Oh my
2: god! And then I would love to know how expensive reality TV is compared to other types of TV. But mm-hmm. it's so cheap. It's probably so smart from a marketing perspective. Reality television is cheaper to produce than scripted television. On shows like Survivor, you only need to pay the contestants a small stipend while they're on the program. This is for obvious reasons because they aren't famous, and you know they're going to take what they can get. Compared to scripted television, where you need to pay talent with larger costs associated with their time, such as directors, writers, and actors, and people of fame and notoriety who are like, I'm worth much more, my friends. On shows like Keeping Up With The Kardashians, (laughs) I got that right, (laughs) I I thought it was (laughs) Kardashians. On these shows, they have to pay the main and secondary players incredibly high salaries. I mean, hello, it's Kim and Kanye, they are the most famous people in the world. But many of the supporting players are not paid. So a lot of people that come and go on that show that you see are part of the overall package that comes with the main characters, and most of the time they're actually working for free and for the fame of the show. Another really important aspect of the finances of why reality TV is so lucrative is that product placements in reality TV shows have been shown to be more effective than product placements in scripted shows. So not only does reality TV cost less, but it's actually more profitable in that they can market products with product placement and commercials. I mean, every time I watch American Idol, I'm like, Jennifer Lopez looks like she's having a great time. I need a Coca-Cola. And who knows, every time Kim eats at a restaurant in L.A., she could easily have been paid. But I don't know, it just seems like she enjoys matcha tea places and I want to go to them. As we know, capitalism always wins out in the end. So bring on those reality TV programs. But, okay, why was the
3: experience so hard for you? Like, what was it like for you?
2: Well, okay, first of all, I didn't familiarize myself enough with big brother beforehand i think i think that there is something interesting to be said about the show but because i had no interest in it i think the way it was edited bothered me a lot because i watch the live feeds and i'm like oh there's kind of interesting stories happening here like mitch is like building an interesting relationship with this person like i got really into it enough to that when i watched the tv show i was like this is so like, like the minimal. TV version is yeah, a, yeah. Like they're not That's giving a problem. Like anything. That's a big problem. The editing is horrible. I was like, I thought this show was bad, so that was hard for me because I was like, I missed you, and I was like, feeling like you weren't being like shown or like highlighted properly when I was watching you like every day like I was frustrated no, by fair, that dismiss. because
3: they're they're also constrained to just like making a simple and plot they were focusing that so much Like they I'm were like, why? but because they were also like heavily involved in the main storyline like I do think they were in the first couple of weeks I wasn't really featured uh, having watched it after I came out of the house but it also was oh, you rewatched it I did yeah obviously I watched myself on TV I was like how I want to know how when I was did you see. do that after I came out I, I spent Girl, some time... you
2: came out in high school. <laughs> Wait, I don't remember that. Okay. No, yeah, obviously you didn't. Yeah, I don't think it with you me. might have talked about that. Maybe you were keeping your opinion in. I think something. you hated it so much that I was just never oh. <laughs> going to talk
3: about it with you again. But <laughs> That's no, true. there I, was time I, rather we And but I also understood, like, okay, we're getting kind of niche here. Like for people who don't watch Big Brother, but on a show like that, you realize that TV has to cater to like a simple common denominator. And I think my character trait at the beginning was. Like, or I thought my strategies were kind of nuanced. Like instead of yelling in someone's face, you slowly work over the course of weeks a relationship with them and you can slowly influence the types of the decisions that they make through conversations where you don't have to tell them. But because of that, it wasn't being featured until the week that it all blew up because there was a twist where people got to come back and got to see me on the live feeds doing that. And then the edit fully changed because that show gets edited week by week where a survivor, for example, edits all retroactively. So they know who's the smart person who wins, how they have to edit it. Whereas I actually think maybe even the producers didn't, quite realize that okay, like, I had a good then- handle on things until the moment when everyone in the house found out as well. But
2: it wasn't just you who was being smart. So many people course, were all yeah. doing really smart things and when I would go online and when I would talk to your super fan friends outside of the house everyone who was watching the show was thirsty for strategy. Right. Everything on Twitter is like, they're pointing out in the live feeds like brilliant things Tim's doing, smart Mm -hmm. things you're doing, brilliant things this other person's doing. Then when you watch the show, they're not adding any of that. And I'm like, yeah, maybe they think there's a lowest common denominator out there, but for me, like, Addictively looking at Twitter, addictively looking at all the places where people are at least showing on social media. They're interacting with the show. They're resonating with the strategy. So I was just like it was hard for me because I was like, I don't understand what this show's about. The other reason it was hard was obviously it was like, we run a business <laughs> that involves I was
3: like, I'm gonna take a vacation time of three months. okay bye, no, but it was
2: like it was like frustrating because it was like we. Like, we have a glimpse, I have a glimpse into the entertainment world as, like, producers of a show Mm -hmm. on the internet. Like, obviously so different, but, like, the way that it was handled was, like so intense and then like when you were you were voted off like halfway through and he was the first person on what's called jury so he had to be like taken away for like six to seven weeks after being voted off the show so no more looking at you on live streams. <laughs> you had to go to some random location like i don't know where and knew it was in canada it was driving me crazy that was like a really hard part for me yeah, because me he was no longer on the show and then it was like six weeks of like no communication and not being able to work at like a time when i'm like easily he could have like come back to work I don't know I'm just I was like hoping for some sort of like lenience and then I felt manipulated too because they like manipulated me into like t- asking me a Facebook live thing and said I could talk to you and then I never
3: know. it was three months of our lives no, fine. It's not, in the fine like I had a know. moment where after you get voted out you have to do like a press day where they they you know you're downtown Toronto you're going and to no, they do put, like, like a, like, a on you or something. Um, yeah, they they like try and keep you not talking to people in the public because they don't want to influence people telling you something and then you voting based on that. But because we live in Toronto, I had a full moment where I was like, I could run. Like, I could <laughs> run. I know where I am right now. I know exactly where I am. I could literally run home and they would not be able to catch me, or I'd like go on the subway or something like that. And, and even when I was in jury, I was like, every now and then I would like fantasize about like how can I find a way to run to somebody else's home and get a phone and call Greg and be like, come and get me. I don't want to oh, be here anymore. Oh my God.
2: The <laughs> lies that I was telling, I was like, oh my God. I was sending emails like, okay, so like the head of Visa has like, you know, like <laughs> decided to sponsor something and we are going to lose the biggest opportunity if we've ever had if We don't get a signature. Like I was trying everything and they were just like, sorry, he's on Big Brother. You can give a list of books you'd want him to read. And yeah, I'm like, they take what? it very serious. So, okay. So you're not going to go on Big Brother again, right? Okay cool and then i think i i have to tell you right now i'm in a barf on this would. (laughs) have we not learned anything have we not learned anything (laughs) like i fully probably would but like we'll we'll have to wait i would go the only reality show that i would go on rupaul i guess and i would love to go on survivor because Mm -hmm. i actually think the physical aspect of that show i think is so cool i would love to be like starving and Mm -hmm. like like have to swim past bros yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I, I guess
3: this is a good time to maybe take a break, and we can learn a little bit about reality TV, know, so some curious. behind the scenes, oh and then we can come back give some more opinions. And I can dish some more I dirt wonder where about our opinions my opinions are, the are the... gonna fall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. bring yeah. it on.
2: Because I'm not, by the end of this episode, Mitch will never be watching a reality TV show ever. Again. I'll just
3: be on them permanently. <laughs> no, girl, you are not allowed to be part oh, of American garbage. Laugh.
2: That was such a good. Okay, is that RuPaul? That's. It's actually so good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We are going to take this time now for you to subscribe, if you haven't already, to the podcast. Wherever you are getting your podcasts, follow the best way possible for you to rate it highly and leave a comment. That helps our podcast to get shown to people, but also those comments are really helpful for us. If you have any ideas or things you want us to change about it, we can evolve this podcast together. You can tweet us or go on our Instagram to talk to us or use the hashtag sidenotepodcast if you have any advice for us and want to get in contact. So, just make sure you're subscribed, make sure you're listening, and Thanks so much, let's get back to the show.
3: One thing that fascinates me so much about reality TV, in particular shows like Survivor and Big Brother, is the sense of isolation from the normal world. What does that do to a person? I mean, like, what did that do to my brain? How does it affect the psyche both in the short term and long term? Not to mention the instant notoriety or fame that comes with reality TV and going from having a few followers to thousands of followers. I decided to sit down with my friend Sarah Hanlon, who also played Big Brother Canada and actually won her season, to see what impact it had on her life and if it's caused any long-lasting implications. Oh, and we also had some fun reminiscing about the crazy stuff Big Brother put us through in the house. Sarah! We are here with Sarah Hanlon, the winner of BB Can 3?
4: I'll never get over that.
3: You'll never get over that? Never.
4: That'll never oh. d- sound right. <laughs>
3: Seriously, like, how does that feel? I mean, it's been years now, so you've been introduced to that for a long time. Yeah. But it hasn't fully sunk in?
4: No, never, never. Every time I watch reality tv show of any sort really but especially big brother i think to myself like i went through that process i am immediately back to auditions Mm -hmm. when i was like thinking about going i think the
3: first question we have to ask you and people like me and anyone who's been on this show is like why are you insane (laughs) why did you what made you get in that line did you audition in person Yes, it's
4: so funny. The whole year before the Big Brother Canada auditions, I had this idea and I was just telling people I'm going to move to Toronto and I'm going to be on Big Brother Canada. So I just wanted to go for the experience and I'm obsessed with reality TV. So were you a fan
3: of Big Brother? Like had you watched the previous season?
4: I am a fan of media, period. Then to be able, the option of like going in there and actually kind of like fidgeting with that and mm-hmm. actually changing the outcome of that is that to me it's like the epitome of perfection
3: okay i have a definition here from an academic paper that i thought i'd share with you and see your take on it okay, so I'd love to. it was when you're in reality tv it requires individuals to place themselves on public display forfeiting all claims to personal privacy for the sake of uh, transient fame and the possibility of monetary compensation so Ouch. I, I know i know it's interesting <laughs> because this also greg sent this to me and he's like "Fame, reality tv it's just for money or fame and i was like i don't know that that's necessarily true certainly lots of people do it for that but where does that fit for you like well, was in, money and fame a big motivator the well, biggest motivator or
4: it, not a motivator at all i mean fame in the sense that I wanted a platform. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, as a cannabis user, as a queer woman, as someone who spoke against, not against, but um, for alternatives to religions and living situations Mm -hmm. and relationships. Like, I just thought, there's no one on TV talking about these things and I just wanted, that's what I wanted to do. The money or the fame, if you're going to go into reality TV shows for either of those reasons is just like, don't. Because right. there is Especially neither one of those now. things Maybe there. in
3: like the first couple of years of Survivor Big Brother, those people became temporary celebrities. But yeah, like what is it in you and what do you think it is in other fans of reality TV that really gravitates us towards it? What is the compelling For me, moments? it's
4: that social experiment part of it. That you, it's, you can take um, people and real life situations, but kind of isolate them. And it's almost like a science experiment, right? Mm-hmm. And you have a hypothesis. You think oh, this person might win. This person might hook up with this person or whatever. <laughs> and And then you you can change the variables and that is my favorite part and then sometimes in reality tv we see those bullies or we see that unfair situation get righted finally Mm -hmm. and for me that's what i really love about reality tv and then the flip side is to be able to take that and bring it back to real life and use those lessons and those experiences and that's so beautiful to me
3: This all got me wondering a bit about where and when reality TV even came about. I mean, we often picture it being a relatively recent invention, but it turns out that many consider the first iteration of reality TV to be from the 1940s, nearly as old as the medium itself. In 1948, Candid Camera began including unscripted, unsuspecting individuals for the first time to play pranks on. These scenes would include hitting cameras to capture real moments that were, of course, partially set up by a production team in order to get a laugh. The show went on to become a hit, airing until the 70s and bringing back specials of it through the 80s, 90s, and even a 2014 reboot. But in the 60s and 70s is where the earliest ideas of what we would now consider the reality TV format began. Shows like The American Sportsman in 1965 would take celebrities on unscripted outdoor adventures. And in 1971, a show called An American Family literally followed the daily ongoings of a typical nuclear family.
5: For seven months, from May 30th, 1971, To January 1st, 1972, the family was filmed as they went about their daily routine.
3: What they didn't expect is that it would also capture the breakup of the family through the divorce of the two parents. The son, Lance Loud, may also be the world's first ever openly gay TV star.
5: They are not the American family. They are simply an American family.
3: But it wasn't until the 90s that shows started putting strangers together and watched their antics unfold. But shows like The Real World only became possible because of digital technologies. Film was so much more expensive to use for the hundreds of hours of footage needed, and the advent of digital computer editors also made it much easier to quickly arrange episodes. This, of course, all led to the reality TV explosion in the early 2000s. Enter the competition-based reality shows. (laughs) Survivor and Big Brother, as shows, among others, took over the top ratings for viewers.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
3: and brought in a new age of celebrity. American Idol actually has the longest number one TV rank in America from 2003 to 2011, with nearly 40 million people watching at times.
1: Oh, I can't believe it's to me.
3: Woo! Girl, you know I cried during Kelly's final performance. It is, the emotion's too raw. Survivor Season 2 premiered with over 45 million people watching it. Okay, so what's the impact of these shows on regular people that go on them? That's what I wanted to know from Sarah. First, I I want to talk about, like, being in the house and what that does. Like, the psychological effect of being isolated from society. You know, you go into, like... um, what it like isolation before you go on the show so uh-huh. even before you go on the show you've been alone for a week or which whatever which was the
4: hardest part for me it was just me in that hotel room alone that was just and and you're you have no idea what's going to happen yeah that is the hardest part in all of Big Brother, and and when and then we got in there and in our season we had no clothes, no <laughs> stuff, no furniture, stuff, right? no, furniture like- no food, and we had to do all these comps to get our stuff back. And for me, all the anxiety came was performance anxiety. I I'm just I've never worked out, I've never been super good at sports, and I was like I'm okay with losing competitions for myself, but now I, it's like we might not get a bed because I'm unfit. <laughs> People are going to hate really? me. Oh god. <laughs> and then it and that, and that never stopped. And like I describe Big Brother as, you know when you drop your phone and there's that time before it hits the ground you're and like, you realize it's okay the and end? your stomach is just like <laughs> yeah. what's going to happen here? That's like the entire time you're in Big the Brother. The
3: whole time. I remember there was a certain point where I was just like
4: Like three weeks. There's
3: so nothing to do. Yeah. Like not in a bad way. You feel bad because it's a show that I've always loved. But I'm like, I'm so bored unless it's a competition or whatever. Like you, you don't realize as a fan that you just like. Sometimes I would stare at a wall for like two hours. It's
4: awful. And (laughs) and when you watch like live feeds or anything now, and you see, and I just get that feeling again. (laughs) Where I'm like, oh my god, I know how terrible that is. On Big Brother, you there's no clocks. And then um, we get a microwave and a stove. So we would try to trick Big Brother and like, okay, we, we go out in the morning and be like, the way the sun is. Yeah, it's definitely it's
3: noon or probably whatever, right? <laughs> right,
4: and then we'd set it, but then Big Brother would come in and they'd yeah. set it right back and screw with our heads. So it's like that for me, was that a, a mind? I think,
3: yes. I think the hardest thing, especially in the first couple weeks, was sleep deprivation and not understanding. Because at first also, you're just, I need to be awake all the time because I need to make sure I'm not like going to bed and then everything's, everything's happening, happening when I'm Which is I'm so much. Everybody's it just really waiting does. for somebody a- to go to exactly, bed. Exactly, so that there's more isolation. Oh God, but which then, is so yeah, fucking annoying. But then, yeah, just, being like, I just just honestly need I – st- I started feeling like I was delusional. Eventually, I was like, I, I just have to go to bed because I can't think properly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like in my life, I'm such a like – you know what I mean? I'm an overthinker. So, I yeah. wasn't able to even function in conversations. Yeah. But then, yeah, they you can't go to bed at any time you want. Like, no. they, A, don't let you nap. No. B, there's a they certain bedtime even, they don't tell you. They <laughs>
4: don't even let you close your eyes. Yeah, Like you close your for eyes. Like, and- let me just – because I would do this thing where I'd put my <laughs> hand up. And like straight up in the air, and then close my eyes. And then they'd say, Sarah, stop that. And I'd be like, I'm clearly not fucking sleeping, okay? My hand is straight up in the air. You'll know when I fall asleep, and then you can t- give me that. Yeah. but even that, they we were like, no. So
3: we had two rooms, and if in your room not enough people were there, they just would never Kept turn the, the lights light off. on. Yeah, and same, you're like, and
4: same, and we only had one room, so the lights were never just like, off. Always
3: on. Yeah, and then you're like, but am I allowed to sleep? Because this is really annoying. And
4: then, and then, and this is what no one talks about. This type of stuff affects the game so much, mm-hmm. and. And people on the outside might be like, oh, well, you're not playing the game or like you're playing personally or whatever. But it's like uh, once you get in there, you realize, oh, okay, everyone has the same. Everyone deserves to win. Mm -hmm. If everyone is willing to work with me, well, who the hell do I pick to go home? And let me tell you, I'm not above picking the person who's coming in last.
3: (laughs) Right. Just keeping the
4: lights on.
3: (laughs) making life harder. Right. Right. The temperature of the house is insane. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because it's a studio, or I think they're actually messing with the house. Well, guests.
4: I I was convinced of it the whole time, and then when I came out, I noticed online everybody was calling me like paranoid and oh Sarah's being paranoid. I'm like no, it, like it's I felt like they would they would just crack it up so hot, hot. so we couldn't sleep sometimes, Literally. and then other times it was freezing. See, and I bet they're doing things like this. Like, they know. That yeah, they, they know. It's all this stuff. And every like, morning oh,
3: well. I wake up and be like, ah, I'm, my mouth is so dry because it's so same. hot. And then sometimes suddenly it's freezing and you're like, you have the ability to make this place colder. Like, make, I don't know. Yeah, can you
4: just turn on the air? Yeah, you- I
3: just wonder if there is like some sort of, not formula, but the way that they decide. I was convinced. Is it convinced. arbitrary? Like, I do would... they, ba- behind the scenes, go like, okay, now we, we feel like this kind of temperature will actually influence the behavior and make them wake up more. I- I'm
4: convinced. And I'm convinced that, yeah, they know, like, exactly what day you're going to break. They know what days, like, you know... If you know people who are have been isolated for this many days, start to experiment or mm-hmm. experience this and this and this, and then they play on that. Like,
3: yeah, I'm curious why they don't ever really show that on. They the show. never
4: feature that. The, even but like that's the like time, time thing, the
3: thing that all of us remember and, being there and
4: wasn't, and everybody asks you about too. Yeah, and when you and when I tell them this type of stuff, like we didn't have magazines, we didn't have music,
3: nothing, not a book, not people a game.
4: Are fascinated. Do
3: you still think back? Because I. It's weird. It plays on my mind a lot, like in terms of every now and then I just like daydream about it. Mm -hmm. And I think about moments that not only fun moments as well, like stuff that I enjoyed, but moments where I'm like, that was a pivotal moment. Maybe that I like should have done something else. And I like kind of reimagine it. And it's like, it's actually crazy because it's like two years ago, maybe more than two years ago for yeah. me, and I still like relive these moments. I, and I like, do it too, and in okay, that that's exact what I'm same way. To yeah, go, where yeah. I'm like,
4: I wish I would have done this, and I wish I would have that. Sometimes it's fun, and other times it's awful. And again, <laughs> though, I think it's it's so it's got to be so much easier when you win because then you're just like, well, at least you won anyway. So
3: okay, this this all leads me to like, let's get out of the house now. Okay. So what is it like coming out of the house? I don't... For me, I had gone in... You know, I had ASAP Science before. So I had a bit of a following online. Like, it didn't really change my perspective coming out in that sense. But for you, like, had you... Did you have Twitter before? Did you have Instagram I I had Twitter.
4: Uh, I had barely had Instagram for, like, a couple months, maybe. But, yeah, I mean, I had maybe, like, 60 followers. Okay. So then was was
3: that, like, you open your phone and are you like, what the hell? Way
4: too overwhelming. (laughs) Way too overwhelming. And, like, has... and it took me probably three years to like, now I get Twitter and like when people mm. comment I can comment back and stuff but it took me probably like two full years to just even really get the hang of all that Do you,
3: How do you think that plays with people's mind to go from like I don't know the phrase not zero to hero but like going from like having no real online presence to suddenly being thrust into this world not even just online It's
4: interesting when I first came out I was probably getting like the most likes I ever got the most comments I ever got I didn't really comment back to anybody because I was just I had been locked up in a house for three months <laughs> (laughs) So I was like eating everything I could. So every single thing I saw I wanted to do, I wanted to eat, I wanted to hang out with this person, I wanted to talk to that person. Oh, I haven't talked to that person in three months. Well, now we go all the time in life without Without talking to that person. But it was like, I need to. And I had done this like incredible thing. But then, you know, things start to slow down. So it wasn't until things started to slow down, I think, that I really noticed like, oh, my God.
3: Like you can then you start to recognize what was happening. People,
4: yeah, are like seeing this tweet that Mm -hmm. I'm tweeting. And then I think I did get into my head for a little bit about it of like, oh, should I tweet this? Should I tweet that? And
3: so then how did it coming out or during how did it affect like the people around you? Like your your partner, your family, your friends? Like, what was it like obviously you can't speak for their exact experience, but coming back
4: I do feel like people treated me differently. I do feel like It sucks because, like, the perception... I still am Sarah, right? But the Mm -hmm. perception now is that, like, oh, I'm, like, big brother Sarah. Or that, like, I'm Sarah with all these followers and stuff. And I do think that... It can affect people and it can cause like resentments and, you know, silly jealousies that really like none of that is anything. Like you don't make, I don't make money. I know that some people who like hustle like incredibly hard can like make a money off like their following or whatever. But that is like how we said before, that's because of the work that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And this is just a byproduct and a means of doing it. it yeah. It's not like you don't just have followers and feel popular. You don't right. just have followers and feel beautiful. You don't have, fo- have populars and get money. Like none of it's really nothing.
3: Yeah. Until you want to do something with it, maybe until right. exactly
4: like it's something how you productive. use it. Right. Yeah. But I, I just, I do feel like, and it, it was kind of random too, not just people who really don't know me, but even people like really close to me in my life, even family, I think, Maybe get resentful or weird with me now in a way that they never did before, which and because I was always just Sarah, right? Like, and I never had any like, mm-hmm. I you know,
3: there's like an extra caveat now. Yeah, I feel especially like especially when don't you don't first come out, out that right? That like anymore. it is. I think it takes a little time for, especially your close friends and family, to be like, "Oh, it is just Sarah, right? right? Like, yeah. it's not Sarah who is like this Big Brother Canada winner." At first, that's what you are when you go to like a family event, but then it's like, "Oh, it's oh, just Sarah. Nothing has really changed yeah, at all." Yeah, right?
4: but I mean, it's like it, it all depends on my mood because sometimes I will just be like, "Oh," and like run down the grocery store. I gotta get
3: out of here. <laughs>
4: I get a tweet. I thought I saw you at the metro. Right. I was Like, oh, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Look alike.
3: <laughs> okay, last question. Would you do it again? Would you do it again as in, like, would you relive that experience? Would you take any of it back? And then would you do it again as in would you go in a second time?
4: Yes, for both. 100%. Okay, why? Um, For the first one, because, yes, it was hard. But I learned so much about myself. And, and when I think of how naive I was before going in, it... I just can't think of another life experience that would have help, helped me with all the things that I needed helped in such a short amount of time. Um, I really do feel like it was 10 years of therapy in mm-hmm. in three months and now the the years that have followed and all this, like you said, introspective work that I've done. It's like almost validation, I guess, or just, you know. You throw th- throwing something to the wall and seeing it stick a little bit. It was huge for me just in terms of, you know, recognizing who I am and all that. So, yes. And then would I go back now? It's it's nuts, But like, <laughs> would you? Because I would.
3: I think so. I mean, it, it's it's circumstantial for life, I think, like what's going on, but exactly. I, I think I would. Like, I, I just love it so much. And just so it was infi- fun
4: enough. And like, it's like,
3: you can't, no matter how much money you get in this world, you can't really give yourself that experience. Exactly. You know? Like, it's such a unique thing to do. And it's really, three months feels like a long time, but it's not. It's
4: really not. In the real world, it just flies by. Mm-hmm. And I think there is something so beautiful about it the isolation yeah, that and disconnection. all of that it is yeah I I c- and so you'd appreciate
3: much. it in a different way the second time
4: i think and i think it would be really good to reset again mm-hmm. and this kind of just like who are you sarah and you don't have to worry about anything else everything's taken care of you and just play this game I just mm-hmm. think it's it's so incredible and yes it was hard but there's so much fun there too
3: okay well on that though thank you so much for coming to chat with me today Sarah honestly my pleasure how, how can uh, people who listen to this find you
4: um, on Twitter and Instagram I'm Flats Hanlon
3: alright well thanks a lot and uh, we'll see you soon thank you <laughs> that was Sarah Hanlon writer cannabis activist and ambassador for Leafly and winner of Big Brother Canada 3 we'll be right back
2: Before we get into the final heated debate between Mitch and I about reality TV, again, just making sure that you have subscribed, people, because earlier when I mentioned it, I noticed that you didn't do it. That's right, I'm watching you, okay? So, as I said earlier, this time I'm watching you. Kathy, press the button. Press subscribe, okay? Now, now that you've subscribed, yes, Kathy, okay, now go to that, see those stars? Yep, those five stars, Yep. Click on the fifth star that's five stars okay yep okay good job kathy great okay now the next thing you're gonna do is write a comment okay constructive criticism would be great you know sandwich the negative between two positives we've all been in grade six okay great you've gone through all three steps thank you so much okay back to the show
3: how do we feel overall about reality tv as a medium for content I mean, reality this...
2: TV could mean so much. That's yeah, the thing. It's, like, true. it's such a broad, it's such a broad thing. It's so, it's inexpensive to make. It's, it's can be such an amusing guilty pleasure. It could be, I don't know, real housewives, which I've never watched. It could be a strategy show. Mm-hmm. Like I think reality TV is like a broad thing to say, but I feel like for me, my opinion is, and it's definitely the way it's raised, but like, I really don't like it. I really have a hard time enjoying even watching it. Because it's like, RuPaul, I love so much. But when someone goes home who I don't want to go home, I get so sad. Because it is real life. And I'm like, the reason I love scripted TV is it's like, you have intelligent... Writers crafting a story that's going to take you on a journey, that's going to give you a satisfying end, that's going to make sure that you don't waste your time if you're not watching a bad show. Fine. And that you are just, like, fully satisfied. Like, why would I not choose that over something that could end horribly? Maybe, but isn't that kind of
3: contrived then? Like, I'm not saying I don't love scripted television or scripted movies or anything, But I think that's the piece of reality TV that it provides a world where it is not predictable. And most, most TV is
2: predictable that you will be satisfied at the end. Like I actually don't have very strong opinions on like Real Housewives. I actually think I would maybe love that. <laughs> like that, I always say Kardashians wrong. Is it Kardashians? I say no. I have no idea. I've never watched that. Like again, watched two episodes of that. Was like, whoa! Cannot watch this because I will get addicted, and I don't, <laughs> <laughs> like four weeks of my life will be gone because I need to catch up. But the, we're talking about Survivor, and I okay, maybe I don't want to always know, but I find it predictable. I don't find after all these seasons feeling like much is happening that I'm like, that's new, that's interesting. It's like, oh but it's the dynamic.
3: Like But do do you really think it's Okay we're gonna Okay,
2: this season that we're watching right now,
3: from now on, you're gonna mark down that Three times through the Bring episode at the beginning, Bring who's going it. out, that means I have to watch the middle, it. <laughs> who's going home, and the end, who's going home. And okay. I think you will realize okay. it's not as predictable as Maybe you it's
2: think. not as predictable as I think, but by the end of it, I'm going to be like, oh, that was one of those formatted episodes where it was just too obvious that they just strung us along with something. Like, there's not many options when I'm watching it. Like, it's not dynamic in my opinion. It's like, we're all watching the same show over and over and over. There's, but like, it's always different guys, people. But it's the same... Kind of hot military dude, the firefighter, the quirky nerdy survivor fan. Like, I'm just like, it doesn't feel that fresh to me that I'm like, why wouldn't I put this time towards like a new show that's supposed to be like paving the way or like playing with the art of TV writing? Like, that's what I mean. Yeah, we can have both. Like, you're just being absolutist. No, but I'm talking about now about our opinions on them. Like, why I would... Choose to not watch reality TV over that thing. Time is literally my time, is what I'm thinking, and the and the payoff for my time because when those reality TV shows end and all the people you love lose and this like, which apparently happened in Survivor, like some guy won like you hated last season, that to me I'm like, oh, I, I dodged a bullet. Like, I am more emotional. I think you you are able to be like, okay. I'm excited for next season. Like, that's over. Whereas I'm like, that yeah, was and so it's like that's
3: only caring about the end result too. Like, I actually enjoy the show throughout enough that yeah. it, when it's a bad end result, it sucks and I probably won't watch that season again. Actually, I don't m- watch most season again. Sometimes I might, but... Yeah, I think that's just like only thinking about one part of the show where it's actually like really fun for me to watch a lot of elements throughout the entire season and seeing how people can switch and change up the whole game or how sometimes they introduce like small twists and elements that I do enjoy. I guess it's akin to saying I like one type of art and not another type of art. And that's fine. That's your personal opinion. Of course, you're not going to spend your time watching, reading, looking at, or making art that you don't like. Yeah. So you think it's art. No, I, I don't mean that reality TVs are I just mean it's subjective and to yeah. not like it, there's no real way to justify
2: so this is what I want to say. So at what point would you ever give me like a nod to the fact that the first episode of Big Brother with Canada's newest season probably someone's gonna get kicked out who is like someone that you and I would like, like a woman or someone who's older or someone who's interesting. Like it feels like when a lot of reality TV shows happen that involve voting people out, it's the people that we like who go home all the time. And I'm like, are you ever going to... All the ag-
3: time. But
2: are you ever going to acknowledge... Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not saying I'm right, but that's the feeling I get that I'm like, do not feel that way too, that sometimes you're like frustrated by this media. For sure,
3: for sure. But I think that you only see that when it happens and when it doesn't, it doesn't thrill you.
2: Confirmation bias is the tendency to search for, interpret, favor, and recall information in a way that confirms your pre-existing beliefs. And I feel like, yes, when I watch TV, reality TV specifically, I probably am creating confirmation bias in my head because I went to teacher's college where we focused on social justice. I learned how to teach from like an anti-racist perspective and it's fueled me to be hyper aware of racism and homophobia and sexism in my surroundings all the time. So when it comes to discussions or statistics or arguing with friends, we all do fall into confirmation bias in many ways. But one recent study and TV website looked at five seasons of Survivor, recent ones, and of the 94 players, 25 were people of color and 69 were white. Of the 15 people eliminated in the first three tribal councils, nine were people of color. So this doesn't even look at gender, and so for these newer seasons of Survivor, people of color account for 27% of the players, but 60% of the first three boots off the tribe. Yes, this is an incredibly small sample size, and there wasn't much information we could find specifically on this, but if you are a person of color on Survivor in some recent seasons, you are four times more likely to be voted out than even if you're a person over the age of 40. As stated throughout this podcast, reality TV is a big umbrella term for a lot of different types of TV shows, and they're not all competition-based, and there's not that much statistics out there. But again, I'd be curious, another study we could do is to look at competition-based reality shows and look at the actual breakdown of demographics and when they're voted out.
3: Like you see the problems, which is a good thing, but you don't celebrate the wins. Yeah, And so I think it's true. Like, the current season I'm watching of Big Brother Canada, the first person to home... What about your season? Home, Same thing. No, it was a white young girl who went home first. Oh, a girl. A girl. Okay, but how many characteristics can you... Like, then you're saying, oh, well, it wasn't a man like I don't know I just feel like you're picking and choosing like if it was a man but it was a minority man you'd also be mad so you only want white men to go home first and that's the only way at the beginning of a season you can be satisfied and say that the entire season is going to be worth it I agree like even on my season there was a point where two minorities got put up on the block and I was frustrated with that but I also was like I understand in this house dynamic why at this moment one of those people should probably go home but it's a
2: microcosm of I think do agree it brings out a lot of the worst things in society that sometimes I'm like, how long are we going to continue to allow and celebrate this in a show when like that's not what scripted TV is doing?
0: Reality TV absolutely has its own set of prejudiced narratives. But is scripted TV really this beacon of inclusion Greg makes it out to be? For starters, 90% of the showrunners for all scripted shows are white. 78% are male. The number of non-white female showrunners? Only 4%. Casting isn't much better, with only 38% of cast being women, 11% of lead roles going to people of color, which is a 3% improvement from just last year, and 6.5% of all TV characters being LGBTQ, which Glad says is at an all-time high. Though these gains are certainly worth celebrating. It isn't reflective of how population demographics break down. Unlike reality TV, you cannot vote out members of the cast, but you can certainly eliminate them by killing their character off. In the 2015-16 TV season, viewers noticed an unusual uptick in characters dying on screen, particularly among non-white and LGBTQ characters. Of that, 26% were minorities which doesn't sound significant, but if only 11% of the cast are minorities, the number of characters carried out in a body bag is more than double of what it should be. Things are changing in TV, and there are some incredible scripted shows that are flipping the narrative. But to put scripted TV on a pedestal may not be justified.
2: What I'm maybe, Saying, and again, we are still only talking about voting out shows. <laughs> is that people who literally aren't white straight men? I'm going to go there, guys. Come on, you're going to get to know who I am very Usually, <laughs> are at a disadvantage when they go on reality yes, TV shows, but
3: they're at a disadvantage in life. Too. No, I
2: know. So then there you go. Like when you're at a sh- when you're on a show that's supposed to be like even playing field, and you know you can get your true. advantage that's by finding true. it in a tree. No one's acknowledging the fact that there's a disadvantage for a lot of people out the get-go and when in a show that's supposed to be about being fair, it's supposed to be about strategy. That's it's true. like it would be cool to see them acknowledge that. I probably would have an easier job like being like, oh, this is an actually interesting, fair game. Whereas it's like, no, it's everyone's just taking it face value and you watch these patterns happen continually. That's true.
3: It's the same difference to me as like the, you have fiction books and nonfiction books and some people swear by one and are like, a nonfiction's so boring. But for me, I'm like, I learn actual stuff in nonfiction. But in a fiction book, you can probably like be a little more internal and be like, I'm learning a lot about myself. Anyway, I think this has been like very an in- intense debate. Anyway, I'm sure you guys have a ton of opinions on this as well if you're reality TV fans. Feel free to like tweet us and let us know what your thoughts are. Yeah, on maybe it. let
2: us know if there's any reality TV shows that you think I would really enjoy. That's Greg here. That's the one that you're probably thinking is the Social Justice Warrior. <laughs> let me know if there's any Social Justice Warrior like I don't know, reality shows there probably are. I mean, I'm only watching Survivor and Big Brother with you. There's lots of things out there. Yeah, that's true.
3: But anyway, yeah, thanks for listening to us rant and ramble. Maybe (laughs) I'm sure there's like so many other things I feel I could talk about the behind the scenes of Big Brother without without getting in trouble, like revealing secrets. But it definitely was an interesting experience that I'm happy to talk about more sometime because like actually going in the house and being in jury and all those things. I think there's lots we could talk about. It was a wild world of just being like isolated from the world. So maybe for we'll say that for another time. Yeah, like
2: the time that you literally went to a giant experiment. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, it was fun. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you. Well, we won't talk to you, but you'll <laughs> listen to us another time, hopefully. Sounds oh, no,
2: like so <laughs> rude. Okay, and uh, you'll listen to us later. Bye, guys. <laughs> but for real, bye. <laughs>